It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ Branson and Zach Vogel. Hey, hey. Took another mental health day yesterday, Zach. You were... Took a sick day. Took a sick took day a on your end. Took a sick day. For sure. Like, I was sick as a dog. I fell asleep at like nine. Uh, the too long, didn't read version of my pity party is... I got like an hour of sleep. Uh, my wife was away. It's just me and the kids, but she's home now, so I got some time to talk about hockey. Talk about some of these trades that happened. Um, we have the biggest injury list, maybe of maybe of the year. But I feel like I say that every time. But uh, all right, let's start with Steven Stamkos. Uh, he's out right now, left the last game. But with a call up of Mitchell Stevens, this doesn't look good for his availability going forward. Here, it could be precautionary. Uh, I was listening to NBC Sports Net before the before the Buffalo Colorado game. Bob McKenzie, Bobby Margarita was on there. And he was saying that um, it could be something like a groin injury. Now, obviously, he's just speculating, and I'm just paraphrasing. But John Cooper did say that something was bothering him a bit here, and it was something from the past. So I get it. They want to be fully healthy. They're probably just going to NBA the guy. They're just going to rest him for a little bit until he's ready to go. Uh, in other news, Philip Ronick could return Thursday. We're not sure. And no dice on Burakoski tonight. He's still sick. Donskoy took that top-line spot. Jake Muzzin is going to be out for four weeks with a broken hand. Colin White is going to be out until the early part of March with an upper body injury. That sounds like a long time, but it's really, it's it's like a week from now. Jacob Markstrom is going to be reevaluated in two weeks. There's a little clarity there. I can't remember where I heard it, but I think the words torn meniscus were kind of being thrown around a little bit. Don't quote me on that. Brock Besser now looks like he's going to be out for up to eight weeks rather than being reevaluated in a week. In Calgary, Mark Giordano was taking part in practice as the quarterback for Power Play 2. I wonder if he wasn't Power Play 1 because they were kind of like leaning on him not to play and giving Eric Gustafsson some reps on the top line so he could get familiarity, which Giordano already has. It doesn't really need it, so why not just give it to Gus for that one? But regardless, Eric Gustafsson is Power Play 1 as it stands right now. Did assist on a Power Play goal, too, in his first game as a Flame. Uh, Jared McCann and Jeff Carter are both out with upper body and lower body injuries, respectively. Jay Bowmeister, he's okay, but is going to be out for the remainder of the season. So a little bit of good news there. We're happy for Jay Bow. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich, game time decision with an undisclosed injury following that car accident in which Igor Shosturkin suffered some rib damage. He's going to be out a little bit longer. Um, rib so, damage. He got a broken rib. Yeah, so that's that's some damage. That's just rib. That's not just rib damage. That's that's a straight up broken rib. Burkot, not Burkowski. Um, Buchnevich. Buchnevich. <laughs> so Buchnevich is a game time decision, and Shesterkin's out for some weeks now. Uh, probably. Yeah, like he four. he missed yesterday's game, and he he may be back tomorrow. All right, man. So let's talk about some of these traded players. Where are they now? Let's start with the exciting one: Tyler Ennis and Andreas Athanas. See you, man. They're on the top line, and they looked pretty damn good there. They looked more than pretty damn good. It looked scary. On top of the fact, I mean, if they're going to be playing like that towards the end of the season with having the number one power play and the number two penalty kill in the league, they're going to be tough to 
match up against in the playoffs. Real tough. So what do you think about Tyler Ennis? Do you see his role decreasing when Zach Cassian comes back? No, I don't. Really? For the sole fact, if this top line works out and they can play as fast as they look and as fast as they are, I don't see how you can change that around. See, I think they're, they're going to go back. I think they might go back. So just be a little, in my opinion, be a little apprehensive with Tyler Ennis. It seems like you're all in on this top line. Andreas Athanasiu, he seems like he's pretty safe up there. Double A got second power play time. Ennis got no power play time. And neither did Mike Green. So I hedged my bet there a little the wrong way. As did most because it was Ethan Bear on the top power play. Not like Darnell Nurse or somebody that we were thinking. Uh, but is definitely something worth monitoring in the short term until Clefbaum comes back. Maybe they like Bear. Just to kind I of like it. Yeah. I like Ethan Bear, man. Yeah. You you know that. Yep. You know I like Ethan Bear. Lions and Tigers and Ethan Bear. Oh my. Vinny Trocek. Third line on paper, but the time on ice kind of reflects that this is a line two, not a line one. Uh, did you get to catch any of that game? How did he look? Um, in all honesty, neither of those new players really looked all that good. But then again, the Canes as a whole didn't look very good. They got trounced uh, by Dallas. It's not super surprising, but I'm a little surprised that Trocek's game didn't move over as well as I thought it would, at least in game one. Uh, but then again, for as far as goal scoring, that'll happen sometimes. But as far as the rest of everything else, I was a little surprised. Now, Brady Shea looked lost, actually. He looked lost playing next to Slavin. He did not have a good game. He was almost directly at fault for two of those goals. Gross. He did not look good. Do you remember Tom Dundon saying that he would never draft a defenseman in the first round? And then he used a first-round pick for a defenseman? How about that? Uh, Brady Shea, 20-37, time on ice, five shots on goal, and that's it. Vinny Trocek, 17 minutes, zeros across the board except for one hit. So we're going to wait for a little bit of chemistry there. But Trocek... Power play two, line, essentially it's two. Power play two, he's there to take face-offs. Like I was saying, uh, there's a lot that goes into somebody getting a top-line promotion like this. I keep hearing other broadcasters, other people in the media say that Yamamoto is going to be on the top power play when he gets back from injury, or that he can bump Chase on solely because they think it's like a name versus name kind of thing. But we talked about it earlier this week. Chase on is net front. Yamamoto is five foot eight. That doesn't scream net front to me, so... It, as far as the Edmonton power play goes, it looks like he's going to need to beat out Ryan Nugent Hopkins or hope that Edmonton goes five forwards on their top power play. I just don't see it happening for Yamamoto. And the same could be said for Trocek. Somebody needs to take faceoffs on power play too, unless they put Ajo on the second unit, which is not going to happen. Carolina power plays are three wingers, a center, and a defenseman each. So either put Jordan Stahl up on the top, or on the second power play rather, or like Jordan friggin' Martin up, man. So... Yeah, I think Trocek's ceiling is kind of the same as it was in Florida. It's unfortunate, but here we are. Eric Halla, he played 15 minutes with Hoffman and Vitrano. And the big boy top line is back with Dadnov, Barkov, and Huberdov. Second power play for Halla. Florida wanted to go cheaper. They need Apparently they were told that they need to make a Bobrovsky-sized budget cut. Did you hear anything about this one? They got to cut like $10 million off their salary. Damn. They're going to cut Bobrovsky? It's just a Bobrovsky-sized budget cut. So Hall of... Well, he was kind playing of bad enough this year. Man, I was wrong. 
Man, was I wrong. Florida has a really, really nice schedule going forward. I forget where I saw it. I think it was Dauber. Somebody had written a great article that shows, like, kind of strength of schedule for each team uh, and their goalies going forward, like how hard each road is for the rest of the season for each team. And it's a really interesting one. And Florida has a pretty easy one. So I think my faith in Bobrovsky is a little higher than it was. Just speaking to that one. But Hall fits this cheap bill, man. He's a free agent in the summer. You got Henrik Borgstrom on the way. Hall is going to kind of be playing for a home here. He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. I think this one screams lateral value move to me. Maybe because he won't be getting scratched here and there. Maybe a little bit up. Like he was getting scratched in Carolina once every handful of games or something. Uh, let's talk about your guy, man. Sonny Milano. From a couple years back, you were really big on Sonny. I think it was even last year. I mean, I wasn't really big on him, but... You loved him, dude. You friggin' loved him. I thought he was interesting. He just scores goals. He scores <laughs> goals. And he did before, and then, you know, he got that contract, and he got arrested. <laughs> and things kind of went downhill a little bit for Sonny Milano. But Sonny Milano is back. Sonny Milano is back. So and he is on the top line now in Anaheim. Top power play. He's He was used in every situation yeah. uh, in the game last night. Even once they got to overtime, they took Edmonton to overtime, which I don't know if anybody else was surprised, but I sure as hell was. Yeah, Edmonton has good numbers against Anaheim. And he was out there to start that overtime. That's, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. I understand that it's in Anaheim. I get it. I mean, considering they probably went Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Nurse or something to lead up. Yeah, they did. I'm pretty sure they went... Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Chason for some reason, I think. I'm... I don't know. For some reason, I'm thinking they went Chason. That screams goals against to me. That's that's going to wind up in somebody's net, one way or the other. And they put Sonny Milano out there. It was Sonny Milano, Ryan Getzlaff, and Adam Henrique. Or no, maybe not Getzlaff. But it was Adam Henrique and Sonny Milano out there. I forget who the third player was. But yeah, man, just just by watching the game... He looked good. I don't know how much of that game you caught. None. But he None. didn't look bad. He didn't asleep. look bad at all. He was playing well. He was forechecking well. What, he had two goals? I can't remember if he got an assist, but I know he got two goals, including no the assist. overtime. No. no assist. Okay, so he got two goals, including the overtime winner. One on the power play, one at even strength. So Yeah, that, uh, that's a big deal to me. Uh, and, and the overtime... The overtime one, uh, that was a power play because Connor McDavid tripped up. Shit, who did he trip? He tripped up somebody. Might have been Milano, hmm. actually. He might have tripped up Milano. I think he did. I listened to just about everybody's analysis of like fantasy-relevant trades and stuff like that. Sonny Milano was on none of them. So just keep your eye on it because as far as like people that went to new teams, he made one of the bigger impacts outside of maybe Andreas Athanasiu. Um, but yeah, I mean, just from a game one, game one game perspective, one. Sonny Milano did pretty good. I'm not too high on him. He had like 15 minutes time on ice from the top line, top power play. So I'm sure he skipped a couple shifts here and there. Still interesting. Still interesting. Wayne Simmons, top six, and it doesn't look like he's getting any power play deployment, which is kind of weird. I was checking in on that and there is, there's none to be had. I don't know. It's just so weird because he's always been known as a power play guy. Yeah. Like a Netflix. That was his That's bread and butter. It's a bumper. Yeah, and I think it would free up somebody like uh, Olafson to like snipe from the sides. I think it would be really open him up a little bit. 
All right, Blake Coleman. So despite what you're hearing, he is playing top six, which is pretty rad. He's alongside Anthony Sorelli and Alex Kalorn. Now, he is not getting top power play. He's not getting top anything, but he's not getting any power play time, where at least in New Jersey, he was getting some. So it's still kind of a downtick, but the minutes aren't as tragic at even strength as we were thinking it might be in uh, from a third-line role. And now it's time for someone like me who has been holding on to Andres Palat just because he's been scoring at, at a decent clip, getting assists and goals every now and then, especially playing with the, on that Sorelli line. Time to drop you, Palat. Well, I wouldn't be so quick to do that because it was Palat that moved up to the top line when Stamkos when went Stamkos down. When Stamkos went down. Yeah, so I, I might hold yeah. for a little bit here. All right, in Calgary, we already touched on the Eric Gustafsson thing. He is top power play, third pairing. I uh, got in a power play assist. Connor Sherry looks like he's going to be on the top line. I'm crossing my fingers that it works out, unless they're playing the Flyers. Uh, JGP, he's getting decent ice time. He's playing with Bailey and Michael Dow Cole, getting limited power play two time, though. And Ilya Kovalchuk, the final one here. Uh, there is no Russian top line pipe dream coming to fruition, at least not today, boys. So it's safe to drop for me in shallower leagues, like 12ers and, and below that. But Brendan Dillon, however, he is top pairing with John Carlson, Zach. And if you remember, Michael Norris Kempney was playing in that spot. And we're even getting a like a shit ton of bangies out of Brendan Dillon here, man. He's got like nine hits in his first game there, gotten a fight already. I don't know. It's something to monitor, man. If he can play that Michael Kempney spot, which Michael Kempney can't even play, I think uh, Brendan Dillon could be kind of interesting here. The minutes are really good, too. <clears throat> All right, boys and girls, when we get back, we are going to be moving into our weekend preview to let you know who kind of the good teams are and who really to look at picking up, especially for this weekend, in a very important matchup at the end of the year here. We'll be right back. I was really hoping to get a rise out of you on that Kempney thing. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, Gosh, I wish I could dress that nice. Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at INDOCHINO.com with code NHL. It was a joke before. It's I know, not like right? I was really I all. It's not like I really meant that I thought he was going to win the Norris. It was a fucking joke. I know, I know. All right, we're back, and it is time, TJ, to look at this weekend and what is going on. Like always, I know we're going to sound like broken records here. But it's these Friday-Sunday matchups that you really want to look at. Saturday is a very heavy day. So your Friday matchups are Anaheim, Columbus, Minnesota, New York Rangers, Philadelphia, and Vegas. Now, I know that you also like New Jersey's matchup. Even though they play on Saturday, but they play 
at Los Angeles on Saturday and then at Anaheim on Sunday. So as far as teams that do play, a team that does play on Saturday, at least they have a damn good matchup to back it up. Somebody like Damon Severson is somebody that I could even justify getting into my lineup on a busy Saturday like this. Uh, Jesper Bratt, somebody that if you're, like by some stretch of the imagination, if you have a winger spot open, he's left wing and right wing, only 2% owned. We're getting over two and a half shots a game, closer to three recently. Great peripherals for a forward. He's scoring goals, goals in three straight. Minutes are poop, but he's got six points in the last six games that he's played. He did not play on February 18th. He was a scratch in that game, but uh, six points in those six games. Jesper Bratt, somebody that is trending upwards in everywhere but the minutes department. That's the thing, though, TJ. I find it hard to believe that anybody's really going to have a forward spot of any kind open on a Saturday. Just breezing over it, man. I know, right? I know I won't in any of my leagues. I'm sure you won't either. Generally, I find if you're picking up somebody for a busy Saturday or or an on day at all, it's got to be a defenseman. So I do like that uh, that Severson look. Severson, yeah, leaning that way. Only 25% Yahoo. And in fact, I would actually rather pick up Severson than Jesper Pratt anyway. You never but know how somebody's me. roster is constructed. Maybe there's a winger spot that's open. That's true. So I'm just that's throwing one out there, man. All I said was <laughs> I find it hard to believe. All right, let's start from the top. Yeah, and that's and that's Anaheim. Are we going to go Sonny Milano? I don't know if we are, <laughs> but I'm going to go Sonny Milano. Fair uh, enough. Left winger, 1% owned. He's available. He you know why? Because he's Sonny Milano, and he's not on anybody's radar except for myself and 1% of everybody else. You, so, Sonny, what, what, what's wrong with that? Nothing, man. Nothing. Why? why don't don't rain on my parade all the time. You so, know you, got, I mean? you have Sonny Milano on your roster? I said he's on my radar. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Fair. He is on my radar, which he is. He never got off my radar. He had a little spot in my heart. Um, now, Sonny Milano, not the best pickup, and I think that that's clear. Adam Henrique, clearly the best pickup. Yeah. Uh, center left wing, also pretty widely available um, in about 80% of leagues he's available. So Adam Henrique is definitely a guy you want to look at over Sonny Milano. Just keep in mind. Just keep – put him on your watch list. Just, just, just keep a look on That's the locked-on curse. I found the locked on curses when we bring somebody up a week later, other people bring them up. Milano, going to be hitting airwaves pretty soon. Zach, do you want to take a quick guess as to how many points Adam Henrique has in his last two games? More. Five. More. Seven. Six. <laughs> it's six points on eight shots. He's got three goals and three assists in his last six games. There's two pointless games in here. Seems like he's allergic to, to one-point games. He's got nine points in his last six games. We brought him up like a week, week and a half ago. It's not like this is the first time that we've been on Adam Henrique. I've liked him for a while. I have picked him up many times recently, at least in the past like month or two. If you're going to pick up anybody from Anaheim, Adam Henrique is definitely the number one. For sure. All right, Columbus, uh, you got to go for the, for bang boy, Nick Foligno, man. He is try eligible, 27% in Yahoo. Uh, three goals in his last two games, four goals in his last four games. The shots are great. The hits are always there. He's even thrown a bunch of penalty minutes in here. Nick Foligno has got to be the way you go. And it is baffling to me that somebody like Boone Jenner, who actually... Yeah, don't forget about Boone Jenner. I agree. 
But here I we go. I picked him up the other day. I got two assists out of it. I was pretty happy. I like Nick Foligno more. Number one, well, he's yeah. tri-eligible. And Boone Jenner, center left wing, only dual eligible, is more more owned. He's 20, 29% owned rather than 27% owned. Boone Jenner brings all the same stuff that Nick Foligno does. Just I, in my Jenner opinion, takes a lot of shots. Yeah. Jenner takes a ton of shots. So pick your poison. I like Felino, especially after that two goal game and then a one goal game. There's there's nothing going wrong with his game right now, and the minutes are huge. Have you seen what he's chewing up? Twenty five, twenty two, twenty two, twenty. Like he's chewing them up, dude. Same same goes for Jenner. He's just chugging minutes. These boys like Jenner with twenty two, nineteen, seventeen, twenty, like all close to rounding up here, twenty one even. All right, that's plenty on there. In Minnesota, we have talked at length about Kevin Fiala. He should be... And we're going to do it again. <laughs> we're going to do it again. Points leagues, dude. And he's great for volume shooting. So left wing, right wing, 38% in Yahoo. Jared Spurgeon, kind of a... There's there's no like middle ground for games for him. He's either going to get you two points and a bunch of peripherals, or he's going to get you zero of everything. So just take it with a grain of salt. Jared Spurgeon is somebody. <laughs> Zach's over there, none. It's so true. But believe me, I, I know. I know this for a fact. For sure, I have him on my team. Great in points leagues, just not somebody you can really count on in peripheral. And sometimes leagues. I'm like, hey, do I want to drop Jared Spurgeon? And That's then why I did it. That's why I did it. And then and then he'll have a hat trick. Two, a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, and I'm right? like, well, I can't drop Jared Spurgeon. That's not, for sure. Not today, boys. Um, and then lastly, Jonas Brodeen, just kind of also keep him on your radar. Another D-man, uh, he definitely, he, he's getting you blocks. And I know blocks are hard to come by. Um, he's at close to two a game. But as of recently, he's he's a lot more like two and a half blocks per game. That's hard to do. I know blocks are something that I struggle with being able to uh, um, find and win that category for. You can find hits. There are people that, that hit out there very regularly, but blocks, a lot harder to find. Jonas Brodeen is a guy for that. All right, next up is the New York Rangers. Somebody like Jesper Fast is on my radar, and for bad reason. I say that because... Actually, no, who am I thinking of? Who did I say had really bad minutes? I got it in my head that it was Jesper Fast. Oh, it was Jesper Brett. That's what it was. Okay, never mind. Isn't he... I don't like that name, Jesper. What about Jesperi? Sounds a little. It sounds a little better. Jesper Fast playing with Strom and Panarin. He is only two percent owned, and my man has been getting it going. Three goals in his last three games. Uh, a couple of pims in there. The hits are like wild, really. But he's been hitting a lot more recently, and actually hits close to two a game on the season. So. And the blocks have even been there. The shots are pretty good at, like, close to two. And in the last week, we're seeing, like, close to three even, which is wild. And then the always tried and true Pavel Buchnevich. Now, if he is healthy, you have to love the top line exposure. I can't remember if he's been getting top power play. I think Ryan Strom's been filling in. I forget. Let's talk about our, uh, let's talk about our hometown heroes, man. Kevin Hayes and Scott Lawton. Yeah, Kevin Hayes on a tear right now. Yeah. Six points in his last four games. Four goals on 11 shots. Uh, hits are decent. Blocks are not. But, I mean, you can't get too choosy here. You know what I mean? Uh, he is looking really good right now. Kevin Hayes is definitely the guy you're looking for. Pretty decently available in about 80% of leagues. Um, now, Scott Lawton. Love him. Available in almost every league. Almost every league. Dual eligible center left wing. But also, getting out there. He's been on the score sheet a lot. 
I am not high on sustainability of Scott Lawton. Um, every now and then he throws in like a multi-point game and he kind of piques some interest, but I'm not totally sold on Scott Lawton. I am. And there are a couple Definitely reasons why. for Kevin Hayes, though. There are a couple reasons why I like Scott Lawton right now, and it's because uh, I saw... I saw something, I think it was in Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts, that teams were calling Philadelphia about Scott Lawton in a trade, and they said that Chuck Fletcher, Chucky Two Trades, could not hang up fast enough. And and that really restores my faith in Fletcher, because Scott Lawton is a super under-the-radar, just great, great owned. And they picked up Derek Grant, they picked up Nate Thompson, are going to be playing third and fourth line center, which moves Scott Lawton into the top six. Zach, the last time that Scott Lawton had zero hits, February 3rd. Sounds pretty good, right? Sounds sounds okay. The shots have been pretty good. He's got four points in his last two games. He's playing with the red-hot Kevin Hayes and offers you dual eligibility. Not that this weekend is going to be too crazy if you're going Saturday skip style to get anything in, but he's he's been heating up, and I really like what he's bringing. And I'm not sure, does he get power play two time? I know he gets penalty kill time. He's not getting any power play time. Nicholas Albe-Kubel, somebody to keep an eye on, too. He scored a power play goal the other night, and he is good for hits and pims. Definitely somebody to get on your radar. Yeah, I like, I like him, too. How do you feel about Alec Martinez? Um, I love Alec Martinez. Okay, good. We're going to have a good debate here because I do not love Alec Martinez. Uh, well, I picked him up, and I'm glad that I did. I don't know what you can't love about Alec Martinez right now. Outside of the minutes and the shots? I mean, the minutes aren't aren't horrible. I don't need him to shoot all the time. the The points right now are are just a a very happy coincidence. He has two goals and two assists for a total of four points in three games since moving to Vegas. Mm. He has a hit per game, and he has nine blocks in that span. He has had three blocks a game, two pims. Uh, come on. Come on. I, I, I understand where you're coming from the minutes with his minutes being uh, right around 19 per game. But that's that's not that bad. Uh, if, if he shoots a little more, he's getting he's playing with good players. I like Alec Martinez right now. I picked him up. I'm not dropping him as of yet until I see more of what happens. On, on another hand, I have a horrible defensive core and... Alec Martinez is doing me some justice right now. Sounds like he'll fit right in, man. I don't buy into these two-point games. The blocks are great, and he is trending up because of these two-point games, but I think you should have a hair trigger when it comes to dropping him. So it sounds like you kind of agree with me in that way, that he's not going to be on your roster for a long-term ad or anything. He's just kind of like a streamer D. No, I I think that, uh, don't get me wrong, I think that the goals are very unsustainable to say the least. In both those games where he has multi-point games, he only had one shot. So he shot 100% for both of those games. That's not going to happen. And I'm not an idiot. I'm fully aware of that. But right now, I'm willing to ride the wave. I want to see what happens. And hopefully he can get some more shots out there. If he's still playing with the players that, that he's playing with, I'm fine with it. But I mean, hell, in 41 games uh, for the Kings... He only had one goal and seven assists for eight points. He has half of the the points that he had. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> Who the hell am I saying hi to? This is uh, Rogerson. He makes hot sauce. I don't like him. 
I don't like them. I make hot sauce. All right, you want to make a grumpy face then? That's your grumpy face. Good. Just every face is my grumpy face, DJ. You you know me. But yeah, so he has half as many points as he had for the Kings in three games compared to 41. Come on. I, I, I get that that is not going to keep on happening. Yep. But for but for right now, yeah, I'm fine with it. If, if he's the one giving me points right now, I'm okay. How about Paul Stasny? You're a huge fan. He's got four points in his most recent four games. The shots are the shots are pretty fun. He's got a four shotter in there. There's actually a couple four shotters in recent memory, but there are too many one shot games to ignore. So you're taking a chance here with a strict center. But the same thing we said about Kevin Hayes. These off nights are pretty light. You probably have room for a center. How are you feeling? Well, I'm feeling much better now that he is more solidly playing onto that second line. The whole thing about Paul Stasny is he's been moving up and down, up and down the roster, going from first line to second line to third line, and then he was on third line for a while. Then he got second line, then he was back down to the third line. Now he's on the second line again. Right now he's playing with Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault, which is great. Uh, If he's playing with those players, he is worth having. When he was playing with Stone and Pacioretty, he was worth having. But if he's playing with Nicholas Waugh and Nick Cousins, then no, he is not worth having. Uh, as of right now, yes, he is worth a look, but I'm not interested in him for a long-term hold. I almost I almost don't mind a long-term hold for Stasny. I wish he brought a little more peripherals to the table, but in points league, Stasny's great, especially like non-positional league too. That strict center hurts, though. Yeah. That strict center really hurts, man. A little bit. And, and speaking to the like the, the line combinations that you're talking about, he's been pretty steady as that second-line center for a little bit long enough for me to lately, feel kind lately. of comfortable with it. And I'll see Stevenson making a trip to the top six anytime soon. Cody Glass still on the shelf, so there's no real center to, to push him outside the top six, at least. Okay, guys. I really hope that... This kind of helped you y'all out with your weekend matchups. I know, at least for me, uh, well, in most of my leagues, these late-year matchups are really important. You're trying to either get into the playoffs or you are trying to stay in the playoffs. And you have people creeping up behind you that are one game back, two games back, so you need this win. Hopefully, these players help get you there. All right, boys, so that makes the end of the episode so we're going to catch you guys tomorrow for our week ahead preview we're going to be taking a look at next week getting you ready for it just in case you have next day ads need to get them in by sunday or stuff like that and like zach was saying it's close so if you can prep for next week starting sunday save your acquisitions all the more better be sure to check us out there you can find us at lo underscore fantasy nhl if you got any questions about anything you can hop inside our discord chat if you dig it And you can consider becoming a patron if you like. We're going to be setting up listener leagues going into next year. Dynasty. No, the Dynasty is going to be free of Patreon. So nobody needs to be a patron to join our Dynasty League. We're actually going to be starting that up. And I I should have been plugging this more. But we are starting a Dynasty League up. So follow the Discord links on our Twitter at LO underscore Fantasy NHL or at FHF Hockey. Uh, we're going to be jumping back to five hole in the off season. So, if you want to play in five hole listener leagues, you can support us by becoming a patron, playing a listener league with us. Yeah, we we love you guys so much. Love you. We just we love you so much. Bye.
Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.